Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are talking about the Lost Metal chapters 65 through 70, wherein there's a big fight. They take on the the the, the people whose names I refuse to remember. It's just uh, <laughs> anti-Wax and anti-Wayne or whatever. Gertruda and Dumad. Dumad, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Then uh, the, those two end up dead in rather horrifying ways. Spoiler, uh, spoilers for what we're about to talk about, obviously. Um, if you haven't read the chapters of what we're about to talk about, first of all, this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, this is your first podcast and go back and watch, listen to the others. I'm sorry. Uh, just go <laughs> and re- read the book first. It's fine. Um, or at least these chapters. Yeah. Then what do we get we get uh, a conversation with Telson in which they discover that it's all been a, a mislead, a misdirect after all. Like these hundreds of people were here defending a fake impl- uh, rocket emplacement. And then we get some Steris finally. We've been talking for like a couple weeks, but where's where Steris? What's she up to? So we get a couple Steris chapters in here and then one peek at Marisai and what she's up to before our uh, our heroes make their way to uh, a boat uh, where we get another guest appearance by one of Brandon's friends. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I don't, I, I didn't even look it up. I'm just like, it, obviously it has to be the same guy. Yeah. Why, what is yeah. it? Why not? Or whatever. No, his name is Wellid here. Well, it was well in, in like the second Mistborn book and yeah, another, I don't forget. Anyway, anyway, uh, this is data. And with me is Jamie, Joe, and Dak. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. No man can truly outlast all the mistakes of his past. There's no haven here for me that's safe from my memories. But when your borrowed time is So yeah, we got a lot of big action up front here. Like uh, I feel like a whole maybe quarter of all that we read was like this one chapter of the fight, and then some very interesting other bits. What did you guys think of these six chapters this time? I really liked them. I thought that the action scene was really fun. Clever use of the speed bubbles and like how Wax and Wayne could interact with them as well, like while fighting their opposite counterparts. I re- yeah, I really enjoyed that just because, yeah, you wouldn't see Wax and Wayne fight together, so it was really fun to see them fight someone with the other powers, but how they could use what they knew about them. And if these people are trying to replicate them closely, then their fighting styles would be similar. And so mm. how they would fight that, I just thought was really, really fun. And also just getting to watch them together and Wayne to have a, a bit of sense of confidence in his fighting. I love the bit where Wax was just so happy that he heard the gunshots because Wayne was like, boom, 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 like happy. <laughs> I can do this now. It's it's fine. I also, the bit where he felt like the, the shirt button wiggle and he moved out of the way because he knew what that was. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so close. Like 
<laughs> I'm worried that Wayne's going to just die at any second, um, <laughs> which is really sad, but I was I was very concerned for him. The bit with Telson I thought was really good and wax stitching all that together. Two Steris chapters. Two chapters. What's Steris been up to? She's been awesome um, mm-hmm. as per usual, so that's really cool. And I thought it, it was just so heartwarming when she was like, this is this is appreciation? Oh, this feels nice. Like, I actually <laughs> maybe do care what people think and that she could be useful instead of, you know, it being a, her, her anxieties being a hindrance. I just I thought that was really good. And, yeah, as soon as we saw uh, Wellard, I was like, oh, man, we're, <laughs> someone's about to make a stunning appearance. <laughs> and, like, I thought it could be Wax, but admittedly, so I, I listened to these chapters instead of reading them this time just from a pure time uh, availability. Mm-hmm. And as it was being read out, I was like, the tentacles coming up, my first thought was, oh, the deepness. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping we were finally going to see a tentacle monster, but we did not. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's Kelsia. And it was Wax. And part of me was, like, really happy that it was Wax. And then I was like, hang on a minute, how'd you get there? And then part of me was just disappointed that it wasn't Kelsia. But how Wax and Wayne got there is um, disturbing in itself, but cool. But, yeah, really fun. Really good chapters. About Wayne and, like, you know, his potential death because he's, you know, he's low on health and we've been talking about, like, is he going to die or is one of them going to die? Either one at the end of this book. And so maybe for the first time, uh, it because, you know, you go through the, the other books and you're like, well, I mean, no matter how bad it gets, you know that, like, our main characters are going to make it through more or less intact. I, although I guess technically Wax kind of died in the last book. But here now that we're, like, in the very last section of this book, there's actually some some fear, I think, of, like, Oh my gosh, could one of them actually die here? Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee they're coming back for a next book, is there? So, yeah. you know, and, and Brandon said, you know, all bets are off. Let's let's go. You know, you don't know what to expect in this book. So, yeah, but there is there is a genuine fear. Like, no one is safe. And I think I said it at the, the end of the last one as well. I was like, I think I don't think they're going to make it, which they kind of didn't. Some of them did, but yeah, I I don't think we're at risk of everyone not making it. But yeah, we we definitely could lose some people be really sad yeah yeah i guess everyone is uh i, I guess maybe marisai is not in a position of uh, serious danger anymore she seems to be kind of past that uh mm. maybe but uh everybody else is you know potentially in danger yeah it's not over till it's over yeah, yeah that'd be just like him to we think marisai is safe and then she's the one who doesn't make it yeah well, that, <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of foreshadowing for that i don't feel like but maybe no. a bit yeah, so these chapters uh, were fun. The battle was great. I really enjoyed it, the, especially like the back-to-back moment when they swap weapons. That was cool because you know that's something we've definitely never seen them do before. So that was a really fun moment. Very. Uh, I know we talk about Brandon's writing a lot in battle scenes. It's very cinematic. I feel like I know we say that a lot, but I feel like he does paint a good word picture and um, he writes things that you would expect to see in a film or TV show. So it was, it was cool. It was, it was a lot of cool moments in that fight. I was, you know, I, I kind of expected the way that uh, Gertrude was defeated, but the way that he defeated the fake wax was uh, pretty, pretty cool, different than what I was expecting. So I liked that a lot. Asteris, always a pleasure to see her. Uh, the Marisai bits for what little we, we had of that was uh, good as well everything's kind of progressing along nicely like i said i think we're kind of done with the army side of things but i definitely was not expecting hemallergy to be take place uh, in order for them to get to the ship so i was a bit surprised about that 
but yeah, I'm excited to see how this all wraps up for sure. Yeah, I 100% was not expecting that. Even I think after it's like they look down and like look at the dead bodies and like Wax has an idea. That was not the idea that I thought was coming. Uh, I right. don't know what I, I honestly I didn't know. Yeah, exactly what you were going to say. I don't know what I was thinking was going to happen, but that was not it. Yeah. Especially, uh, I, I love that, like, Wax, it, it made sense. Like, that's the way that they can get to the ship, is Wax figured this out. And then he's like, and Wayne just insisted that he also get a spike for some reason. Well, I mean, right. if the power is there for the taking, might as well take it. Yeah, there you go. I mean, like Say says, it's uh, it's just recycling. Yep. <laughs> also, if you've got the spike, you know no one else gets the spike. True, too. Yeah. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Like, the, the fight scene was fantastic. Yeah, I got, I, got, I got to agree the way they dispatch Dumard. It's like, like, oh, I've stolen your flask and just tosses it away. And the guy's like, oh, shit, shit, shit. That was that was a great moment. It was, it was nice. Like, as Joe said, the back to back moment with the swapping weapons was cool. But also, like, Wax took the time to just look over and just gone. Oh, he's healing. And Wayne's firing the gun. So that was that was, that was a cool little moment. Yeah, no, I, I I enjoyed all of this. Great to see being appreciated for what she does. And I'm just like, ooh, okay. The governor is really appreciative. That means, like, Adawathwin might be out of a job. <laughs> uh, we'll, so we'll see where all that goes. And, yeah, and, like, I love that little bit at the end where it's just, like, all these random elements. It's just like a, your sister sends her regards. We're on it. And they just leap off. I'm just like, oh, that was so cool. Because I'd forgotten about that whole, yeah, with, like, the ghost bloods are sending help. So, yep. No, great moments, great moments. Yeah, Adawathwin ran out, uh, was the first one out the door when it came to leaving town. So I feel like if the governor survives all this, then yeah, she's probably not going to be his favorite person. Yeah, but we'll see how we do. Yeah, yeah. And then I I don't know, like you you both, or two of you have said that, you you know, the, the death of Dumad wasn't exactly the way you expected him to go. I don't know what I expected from that, although... From the very first time we see him drink from his flask, I've just been like, get the flask away. Clearly, this is his weak point. He has to refill his medals after he uses Drillumen. Get the flask away. Oh, yeah, but, and uh, Wayne leans on that hard. He sees the flask and is like, oh, you shouldn't show me where you keep and everything. So, like, I knew from the outset, it's like, okay, he's going to get the flask and get rid of it. That bit was, was freaking obvious. What I wasn't expecting was to do it at the apex of a flight and just toss it into, in, <laughs> out into the sky. And the guy's like, oh, no. Yeah, you really should have considered that possibility and had a backup source of metal. Uh, that's, yeah. that's poor planning. I do love that he didn't simply take it, that he still swapped it. Like, as much as Wayne swapping <laughs> things is frustrating, I love just that moment of pulling it out. It's a yellow handkerchief or something. <laughs> it's okay yeah, when cool. he does it to bad people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was I had to read that section two or three times to be like, wait, what did he just do? Oh, he oh, he swapped the flask. OK, no, Dumas just happens to have a, a bunny handkerchief. Also, it's, uh, you know, what is it? We saw that one earlier in the book, right? Uh, I assume it was Max's, but maybe not. I don't know. No, OK, here it is. He traded a beggar unbeknownst to the fella, a stack of cash for a dirty handkerchief, which Wayne liked because it had a little bunny sewn in the corner because. When we read that, we were like, but what if that, like, handkerchief has important sentimental value to this guy? But uh, I guess it worked out in the long term for, for Wayne, at least. Uh, who knows about the beggar? Okay, I guess let's get into these things. Of course, Wayne starts out the battle by complaining. It's like, of course, Wax is going to fight the evil version of me and leave me the hard job because it's been so easy fighting her so far. My evil twin probably spent the afternoon drinking. 
Yeah, maybe. But my my favorite thing about this fight is that Wayne is like, okay, so the way to fight Wax is to stay in close and not give him a chance to fly up and, uh, you know, shoot you from far away, basically. And then when Wax gets into the fight with Wayne's counterpart, he's like, okay, so the way to fight Wayne is to stay in close so that, you know, he can't, the, 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 the other one person can't use the speed bubbles to their advantage. And I was like, so you both think the best way to fight each other is in close. I don't, uh, that's weird, but okay. I feel like it makes more sense in Wayne's case because like Wax is a long distance fighter. He has guns and he shoots pieces of metal at people. Wayne is 100% an up close fighter with the the speed bubbles and the canes. So I I feel like Wax is the one not making a lot of sense here. He's like, I got to get in close, but he has his reasons. So. I think it works for him because he knows, like, because it's not just about being in close. It's about being just far enough away, but just close enough mm-hmm. to kind of neutralize the threat. Yeah, that's a fair point, because the speed bubble is kind of a big thing. Hard to hit uh, somebody, as Wayne has proven in uh, when they did Scary Tree in the last section. It's hard to hit somebody uh, with gunfire when they can speed bubble. And I assume that she also has plenty of Bendeloy. We see Wayne kind of bragging here about, like... Oh, uh, he's so rich he has tons of Bendeloy, but I bet they've given her plenty. And he has he has the nice line where it's like, you're too handsome to be a copy of Wax. You got to get like a scar or something. And then the guy calls him a miscreant and says, that, go fight Gertruda, as is your task. And he gets into a conversation about like, why are you doing this? And the guy has his explanation, which I don't think makes much sense. And like Wayne's conclusion is just like, so you are just as crazy as she is. You You're just uh, more fancy about it. More classy about it is what he says. Then we got Gertruda and Wax fighting where she just keeps hollering insults. Go fight someone your own size or at least your own stench. She's trying real hard. I thought you'd be harder than this, he says. And she goes, stop quoting lines from your wife last night. Uh, And then she gets into, you know, even further creepy territory after the conversation she had with Wayne earlier tonight. Where it's like, oh, the pain. The pain is delicious. I found out that I'm supposed to like the pain. Yummy pain. As if she wasn't creepy enough already. Yeah, also, like, I think you you missed the point a little bit, love. Yeah, just a bit. Missing the point is what Wayne does, so in that regard, she actually did pretty well. <laughs> that's, that's actually a fair point. Uh, yeah, she did her job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think she missed, like, his whole creepy vibe. It's not about, like, he loves pain. It's about, like, you know, he's he's saying... There's more painful things than this pain, this physical pain that you're causing me. Yeah. And then as if to once again mirror her, like she called, she said that wax was smelly. And then we come back to Wayne fighting the guy and he's like, you know, stinky. Can I call you stinky? I can't respect what you're doing. And he keeps leeching Wayne's Bendeloy away and Wayne just keeps eating more of it. And he's got that moment where he's like, this guy's not just fighting Wayne, the amicable, the amiable miscreant. He's fighting Wayne Terraceborn filthy rich snob with way too much money to burn and it's funny because like still nobody else knows about this it's like the ultimate secret uh like in his back pocket that he's actually super rich i feel like that that, that should have come up again at some point where it's like they're in a jam and how are they going to get out of it and wayne's like oh i got you and he pulls out like a million dollars <laughs> big stack of cash yeah and there's a great opportunity for wax to just go wait where'd you get all that money he's like i don't know Wait, if you have a lot of money, why do you keep like coming to me and stealing my food? You can afford your own. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 would have been more convincing from last section if instead of giving them a big speech about how you know they 
they're just men doing a job. They they don't believe in all this stuff. He's like, hey, look, man, if you guys all walk away, I'll pay you like double what they're paying you. Just, yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> just walk away. I'll give you the money. Don't worry about it. That should, that should have been like one guy left. Everyone else leaves, and he, there's one guy stays. He's like, okay, you, I will pay. Yeah, they need proof of that though. It's like, wait, pay us with what? And it's like, just pulls out a wad of cash and throws it. There's more where that came from. Like, <laughs> you, you just carry that around with you? Or that's even better. Just like, you know, there's there's this big group of guys and they're like looking at you and whatever. And then you're just like, instead of fighting them, you just pull out a big wad and throw it up in the air and they start scrambling to get all the money. And you're like, okay, now we can pass. And, uh, Wayne's Wayne's like, you know, I can heal, right? Shooting me is kind of stupid. And he's uh, the guy is annoyed now. He's not if it hurts. But he does stop shooting him, and Wayne's like, "Man, this guy's dumb. Like, you don't let it, you don't let your opponent talk you out of stuff like that." And then the guy pulls out some handcuffs, which uh, things got kinky uh, for a second here. And Wayne's <laughs> like, "Oh no, okay, I get it." And he sees uh, Wayne pretends to be stunned, and that's when the guy pulls out his flask and takes a sip from it. And Wayne's like, "Aha, there it is." And then we get Gertrude's whole, "I'm supposed to like pain. He he likes pain. I have to like pain. Enjoy fear. Savor misery." Which she's okay. You've taken this in a whole weird direction, but she says, "Do you know why? I didn't at first. Freaked me out." <laughs> and yeah, then they have the moment where uh, they end up back to back, and Wayne puts up a speed bubble. And it's like, "Hey, here, you take a, one of my canes. I'll take one of your guns." I don't know that it actually has much of an effect. It does let like Wax having the cane lets him smack her on like the thigh a couple times to determine that no, she's not keeping her metal mines like embedded in her uh, in her leg which is where Wayne has his. And uh, I forget if we get a mention that wax also has his there, but, but the whole, like having your metal mines like surgically implanted in you is kind of not pleasant to me. I'm like, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. It's just weird. It's like, we didn't see it, but like they took the time out of the chase. It's like, all right, all right, just line this up. Where's the hammer. Mm. I also like that. He notes that she keeps trying to like smile at the pain and he can tell like, He's like, this is not the wild sense of pleasure that he's seen from someone who actually does enjoy pain, which that's a whole other thing where he's like, oh, I've seen plenty of people who actually like the pain. And so I can tell the difference. He's like, geez, Wax, you've had a life. OK. And then he uh, he pulls like a Kelsier from way back in the first book where he finds like a metal doorstop in this case. I think it was like a paperweight or something in the in the first book. And he starts Wax starts using that to bludgeon her repeatedly. Sure. That's right. I'd forgotten about the paperweight. Yep, he's in Straff Ventures' house stealing some adium, and he's like, oh, yeah. I'll use this paperweight. That was like oh, the it's, first proper action bait of the yep. series, wasn't it? Absolutely was. I mean, it, it's kind of more impressive with him because he can push and pull, but uh, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he makes it into like a sweet boomerang bludgeoning device. Yeah, and then uh, so Wayne it ends up hanging on to the coin shot's back or something as they fly into the air. And uh, he gets them so high up that Wayne has to hang on, which gives him the opportunity to start trying to put these handcuffs on him. But we also get a moment where the guy gets cut on a window and Wayne realizes, oh, so they didn't give him the ability to heal. That's good to know. And Wayne catches a glimpse of the rocket that's been set up. Sleek weapon that looked an awful lot like, well, a sausage. And sausages look like a fellow's knob. I I love the the the. The defeating expectations there, where you expect it to be crude, and then it's a sausage, and then it's crude after all. Sure. I mean, he's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it is Wayne, so. Yeah, exactly. We all knew it was going to go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And so as Wax beats on her repeatedly with the, the doorstop, she starts she she's uh starts talking and making fun of him less because 
a big chunk of metal bashing into you and breaking bones apparently hurts worse uh, and is more of a distraction than just getting shot. At least when you can heal, I guess. And Wayne shows up. Fighting you is rusting hard. And Wax is like, yeah, same. And Wayne's like, it's fun, though. He's real annoyed. And Wax has his amazing moment. It was like, I've often wanted an excuse to shoot someone short with an exaggerated accent wearing a bowler hat. Don't know why. Uh, I can't can't put my finger on it. But And Wayne's like, I wear a coachman's hat. It's different. And then we get, like, Wax being like, can you at least tell me why you're so fixated on imitating Wayne to Gertrude here? And this is the moment where this read-through, I was like, if, if Dak's theory is going to prove to be correct, this is where it would happen. When Wax is like, why are you so obsessed with Wayne? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the same thing. And now we'll never know. She's dead. Yeah. She's just like, have you ever been nothing? Well, this is my chance to be something, basically. I was like, oh. I mean, maybe it's because I built it up so much in my head, but when that was the explanation, I was like, well, that's kind of generic. Yeah, I agree. It is a little bit generic, especially after your theory, which just had, like, all this interesting potential to it. Yeah, I mean, you can't can't judge it for, like, oh, I had this theory and it didn't pan out. Right. That's that's not Brandon's fault, but I'll I'll admit I was disappointed. I was like, aw, is that really just all the explanation to this girl? She's just, I used to be nothing and they made me something. Oh, mm. riveting. <laughs> well, at least they still have more character than the random like side goons in pretty much all the other books. You say that I I can only remember push and pull. So like were the other so, ones just like that unmemorable? We had push and pull, and then there were I don't I don't remember in Shadows of Self. I remember you calling somebody out in Shadows of Self, but I don't even remember. Oh, was there. there was clamps. Uh, there was clamps. There was that was the, the guy. first book also though. Yeah, push and pull were the first book, were they not? That's what I'm saying. Like, the, yeah, yeah, push and pull but, were first book, so it was clamps. But like, but yeah, they just showed up for the final battle to be Alamances to fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In like, the I don't third, remember anyone in Shadows of Self. In the third book, we had the guy that he fights on the train, and then uh, he shows up again at the warehouse, and then Telson like shoots him in the head to not so that he doesn't blow her cover. And it, it was it kept seeming like that guy was yeah. going to be like have more character or be more important in some way, and he was not. Oh uh, yeah. I don't remember. I, yeah, yeah. Telson. I didn't. I, I didn't really. Telson killed that. him. Yeah, Telson shot him good. Yeah. What was the what was the guy in Alloy of Law that had like the um the cold blood? Oh, uh, Tyson. Tarson. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What it was. Yeah, he dies. I mean, like he was he was there for the climax, and he he got that cool double bullet thing. Yes. Yeah. He got the the shooting a bullet that you've already shot like out of the air and deflecting it. That yeah, it was a very cool moment. And uh. I forget, uh, like, he was wearing Wayne's lucky hat. I don't remember if it was ruined or not by the experience, but Wayne was yeah. not happy. Okay, so he uh, he's determined that her metal mind, like, he, he catches a glimpse of it, on, like, in her or on or embedded in her arm. And so he uses one of his explosive rounds to shoot her in the shoulder and blow her arm off. Hey. Which, yeah, that's hardcore. And it does not heal. She does not either. She doesn't have another metal mind that has healing stored in it, or she's already used the other one up because, uh, yeah. Also, he has this thing where he's like, yeah, you know, head wounds bleed a lot, but uh, separating a limb, it's awful, but there's always less blood than you expect. Like, this is just something he sees all the time. And then she keeps coming at him. So he puts a bullet in her head and she's done. Finally. And we cut back to Wayne and uh, and uh, what's his name? I'm not remembering it, no matter how many times Dak actually says it. <laughs> um, Dumod. Dumod. Yeah. You should know. You're a big like um, Canamoni Cristo fan. Just like yeah, it's Dumas, yeah. it's Dumas, but with a D. 
every time you say it, I think that. That's what I'm like. Oh yeah, it's it's like uh, it's Dumas right there, but uh, I don't remember it anyway. Then just refer to him as the Musketeer. <laughs> Wayne breaks his nose and he's like, "Yeah, that's better. Not so pretty anymore." <laughs> that was, uh... And then uh, he goes, "You know, your problem is you're too specialized. You learned to fight wax, but you didn't learn how to fight me. You need a hobby or something." And that's when he reveals uh, he, he reaches into his, the guy reaches into his pocket and finds the handkerchief. And Wayne's like, I suggest taking up pick, pickpocketing. It's rusting useful and uh, chucks away the flask and uh, he freaks out. The musketeer freaks out. Just I'll, I'll, I'll give him the name. He's about to die. It's fine. <laughs> and Wayne's like, I oh, didn't have any others. huh? Too bad. And he gets the idea for this cool line. Also, I, also, I like the bit where he thinks as they're falling, he's like. Yeah, falling's really fast, and it, faster and faster the more you do it, which is accurate, but a weird way to phrase it. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, when you meet death, and that's when they crash through the thing, and, and he, the guy dies, and Wayne blacks out. He's like, damn it, drop too fast. I didn't get to say my awesome line. <laughs> I love that that's his primary concern when he got up, and then he delivers the line anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you see death, tell him he owes me 50 cliffs. So... I, do I don't like, remember. Is there a reason why? Yeah, in the earlier fight, when he, when these two were about to kill Wayne, or he thought they were about to kill him, he was like, "Death, I bet you fifty clips I survive this." And it was uh, like, "This is the kind of time to make that." <laughs> <laughs> but if he'd finished the line, the guy would just be like, "What the fuck are you, splat?" <laughs> yeah, that's you want him to die confused. Exactly. Yeah. It's better than like wipe yourself off, man. You did. I uh, like. It's a it's a callback to Alloy of Law, too, because we find out at the end of Alloy of Law, Wayne's like, you owe me this much money. It's like, what? It's like for the bet that I made that like you would come back. He's like, we didn't make that bet. He's like, I did. You just weren't there for it. And Wax is like, you can't make bets with someone who's not there. Well, apparently Wayne has not learned that lesson in the seven year intervening years. I just like to think that this guy goes like and, and meets death and he's like, um, some bloke named Wayne said you owe him. 50 clips <laughs> and Marta's just like oh man <laughs> that 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 would, that'd be the best no, it's gonna actually. be like when uh like you know, if death rocks up at the end of the book like you know all the heroes meet say he's doing Kelsier and Marsh and, and Marsh there and Wayne and as they're leaving Wayne's just like hey death you owe me 50 clips Marsh just sort of looks at him everyone looks at him and Marsh just goes do I look like I carry money <laughs> Maybe he has better those, uh, two boxing or two boxing coins that have his face on them. That's true. Or even yeah. better, if uh, if Wayne does die, he, he like when he's like, "Oh, Harmony's death." Oh, hey man, uh, you owe me fifty clips, and uh, <laughs> Harmony's like, "Here you go," and he just hands him fifty clips. Good luck like, spending it. <laughs> and uh, we Wack, Wayne just kind of strolls over to Wax, who is has removed the metal mines from Gertruda, or the disembodied arm of Gertruda. Who absolutely was not a clone of Wayne, he thinks. It's like, that's smart. There's stories about compounding bloodmakers regrowing a whole body from a limb that got ripped off. That's that's disturbing. Yikes. And Wayne's like, we should remove their spikes, too, just in case. It makes me think, wonder, is like, was Wayne already like, hey, maybe I can get me one of them spikes? Or uh, was that just, you know, to play it safe? And Wayne is like, uh, Wayne calls him. He's like, why'd you stay in so close? You, sh- you should, like, fought from farther away. And Wax's explanation is like, no, I mean, then she could have just kept dodging and like run the clock out. We needed to get this done. And Wax puts in his earring so he can converse with Harmony. And that's uh, moving right into the next chapter where he's like, 
okay, I was the sword, like you wanted, now you do your bit. And Harmony's like, well, I mean, my bit was to put you in... No, 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 no. Not good enough. I can kill men, uh, but I can't kill a god. So I'm going to need you to help if autonomy comes in. And says, like, you know, you guys don't understand autonomy. Uh, she is not going to directly intervene. Although he does not think that Wax can kill Telson until the connection to autonomy, like on, until autonomy withdraws her power. So that would make this an awkward fight if it was going to be a fight, which I don't know what I expected. But like the conversation that they have here was uh, between Wax and Telson is not how I expected this to end. I was like, I think I expected another fight of some kind, but she's uh, not interested. Just I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know that we've ever actually seen her as a fighter. Like, she shoots Wax when they kind of, you know, surprise him in the last book and turn the tables on him. But Ambush is not, like, a fight, necessarily. She is someone who manipulates situations so that she has won. Like, she, you know, she has she has spikes, but they're very much like a, they're a life-preserving and, last, and defensive thing rather than actually getting into a fight. Yeah. Uh, Wax is like, you've done something to me. Odd things have been happening to me all day. Is it an after effect of holding the bands? And Armony says, no, it's something else, but it didn't work as I'd hoped, which I felt like, oh, Jamie's going to be like, ah, you see, this supports my theory. It does support my theory, but I was also a little bit disappointed. I'm like, oh, no. Now I need to know how Harmony wanted it to work. Right? Yeah, it's like, what, what, what is it that didn't work out like you wanted? Like, if it was just, you're a Mistborn now. I made you a Mistborn when you weren't paying attention. It's like, how, how is it possible that that didn't work the way you wanted it to? Like, what went wrong? Yeah, I mean, something's happened to him. And I'm glad that we've had the conversation that Wax is acknowledging that. But, yeah, how, how, how was it supposed to go? What is it not doing? I don't understand. <laughs> well, maybe... He meant to make him misborn and something didn't quite work because, like, Wax apparently had to get the spike to use Duralumin. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Do you need to be, like, naturally a misborn to use Duralumin or something? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think we see Ellen use know. it, and he. I, I don't know if he would count as naturally a misborn since he took Lorassium to do it, which was our theory about, mm-hmm. like, if Wax was a misborn, how he maybe he got that. So, I don't know. Maybe because maybe Wax didn't ingest it. Mm. maybe maybe i don't know i don't know but, yeah, that, <laughs> like maybe like it's got to be something to do with harmony losing his touch because he made spook a misborn with no problem that's true i've kind of forgotten that we, we don't like to remember that spook became the lord misborn. <laughs> do we know how he did that no he just like did it when he remade the world oh, he rewrote it yeah and he set the world up well mm. is he is he now at the point where he doesn't have full access to the powers like when he first grabbed them, or has he now just aged into the point where he's like, well, I shouldn't affect things that directly anymore because it's not yeah. good for the balance of my of myself and the world and the powers? Because I feel like he took very direct actions when he first grabbed the power, but, but now we see him as like this god that doesn't do that because he's like, yeah, that's not right that doesn't help everybody that's not the best way to do things yeah that seems closer to the mark based on what we're seeing to me but uh you know who knows so wax is going to confront telson and he tells wayne go help those engineers take a lunch break which i wonder what they were even doing uh in reality once we find out the rocket is not like real or the bomb is not real at least i guess maybe it was the rocket was still real i don't know she's like just act like you're doing something furiously (laughs) And like Telson is kind of offended. She's like, autonomy likes you. She called you a masterpiece. I mean, I, I disagreed, but here you are. So I find myself persuaded. 
Harmony knows he's growing impotent, that Discord, capital D, is near. And so he created you a sword who cannot who can act when he cannot. What does that mean? So she's just like, I'm going to do it. You know, you can't stop me. She tells him, you're going to let me blow up that city. And he's like, yeah, like hell. And Wax has this realization where he's like, this is all wrong. Quiet a conversation on a rooftop. We we've stopped the doomsday device, but she's so confident something there's something really wrong here. And that's when he realizes he's like, it doesn't work. You never got the rocket to work to be able to carry that bomb. And he pushes with his alamancy against the rocket and it just falls over. And it's like gives a hollow clang. He's like, ah, it's a decoy. Damn it. We've been following these clues all day, made our way here, fought through like hundreds of dudes to get to the top. And it was all a fake out. And he's looking around like, where could it be then? And that's when he sees out far out in the water, a a warship, a pewter knot class vessel that had been docked during the day, but was now sailing towards Ellendale. I know we just spoke about Wax and his abilities and stuff. He absolutely has some extra abilities now, because how would he see through the mist? Uh-huh. That's a good point. Like, yep. Come on. And all of a sudden, he's got all this clarity that he's like, oh, wait, if I stitch all this together, I know this, that, and the other. Like, yeah, Say's definitely did something to him. Yeah. And it's only been a day. Maybe he just doesn't know yet. I mean, Vin didn't know she had all these That's powers. True. She just called it her luck. So why would you try and use something you've never been able to use before? It doesn't make sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Point. Yeah. It, it, this whole thing has been happening so fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it may be that he gave him like a mix of all the metals in that red vial. And he, he say Harmony may have just thinking, well, I thought you'd have used that by now and realized, but I guess you didn't. Mm. <laughs> yep. Not a, hey, drink this and see if you could do this. Ah, if you can use more than one. You can use them all. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, the Duralumin spike was maybe unnecessary. That would suck to like hemolurgy yourself and shove a spike into your chest and then later find out that, yeah, you didn't really need that. Well, now mm. he's got like double Duralumin strength if he could already do it. Oh, maybe that's true, yeah. Because like, wasn't know. it, like Vin was already a misborn, but she had the copper spike. Was the bronze. Copper? The bronze, the bronze earring spike, and that made her bronze power so much more powerful. Yeah. I don't I don't know that it would work quite the same with Duralumin, which all it does is like let you use up all of another metal in one big burst and get a lot of power from it. So I don't know if it would like increase the power that you're getting from the other metal, because theoretically that's where the power is coming from is that other metal, not from the Duralumin. So I don't know. But uh, maybe ah, there's just so much we don't understand about Alamancy still. Yeah. Seven books almost. <laughs> And this is the last one for a while, too. So uh, if we don't know it now, then maybe a while. And uh, this is when she just throws it in his face after he's figured out. It's like, give it up, Wax. Admit that I'm right. You know what was the most infuriating thing? When we were young, I would invite you to join me, but you would judge me instead. You always thought you were too good for me, which that that seems unfair. But we've also only seen like one of those interactions. So I don't know. Yeah. You invited him to break the rules and go out drinking with you. And he was decided to follow the rules and actually he didn't really even really decide to follow the rules he found out that his grandmother was meeting with a cop and he was more interested in what that was than what you were doing but maybe it was like a repetitive thing i mean if it was always you being like hey come break the rules with me and he's a following rules kind of kid and i don't know what you expect also tell him welcome to having a sibling <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine that if we all went oh that sibling didn't do what i wanted so now i want revenge like really 
Yep. Huh, that sounds familiar to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly why. <laughs> Joe, are you about to unleash your evil plan because Data no, didn't play me? with you that one time? <laughs> no, I think you're. I think you're thinking of that backwards. <laughs> Data, but, uh, are you about to unleash your plan? <laughs> I don't have time for evil plans. No, he so, got all his evil plans out by the time he was out of college. I think he was done <laughs> with evil plans by then. <laughs> Convincing, convincing Joe to do this podcast was his evil plan. Yeah, yeah that's true. He sucked me in. Well, at least I know this won't be another uh, Patrick Rothfuss debacle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we're, we're already so many books past Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like, you know, it was so good and I liked it so much. And then now. Never going to finish. Never coming back. Never, Never going to come back. Yeah, I'll be forever rickrolled by his inability to finish a book. Hmm. So. He, he gave the book up and he let us all down. That's right. <laughs> that and, is exactly uh, true. And you know what? He's gonna. He's probably not going to turn around. Uh, but he has deserted us. Yeah, but yep. he did desert us. Mm, <laughs> dessert. <laughs> I really want some ice cream. Mm, ice cream. <laughs> we, we went to Sam's to pick up some stuff earlier, and the boys were very excited because when they go to Sam's, it means they get churros. Nice. Churros and, are good. Uh, then they didn't have any. Oh, so they oh, were very no. unhappy about that yeah so i like sam's because it was like costco was like we're gonna go up on our prices a little bit sam's like then we're gonna go down that's how you get the people we don't have mm-hmm. costco anyway so it wasn't yeah, it's not like i was going to costco yeah but we still reap the benefits it's true okay so sorry that was um this he has harmony cut tells it off from autonomy and harmony says her body is pushed past its limits she's being sustained only by the power Get autonomy to withdraw. Stop that ship. And they're like, well, how the fuck are we going to get to the ship? Like, it's way too far away. And that's when he looks down. And despite the fact that he could look out and see that ship way in the distance, it says he could barely make out the corpse just below him through, through the mist. Maybe he's just like, he just needs some good glasses. <laughs> it's just getting old. He's, he's like, he's just, he's very, he's very farsighted. Right. <laughs> That'll be an impressive level of farsightedness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we finally, that's we fancy. come back. Yeah, that's true. We finally cut back to stairs. I don't know how many chapters it's been now, but it's been a lot. Yay! And they're they're evacuating people. They're getting them on trains and stuff. She says the broadsheets were getting wind of her efforts of octants being evacuated. I feel like you like that's something that should become obvious real quick when uh, you start evacuating whole sections of the city. People probably start hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. you would think. And so the the roads are getting clogged as people fleeing by car in larger and larger numbers. But that was part of her plan. She she knew that would happen and had it built into the overall plan. And Ten soon shows up and he's like, yeah, Dahl and the senators have fled. And the news that they have left is spreading. And Sarah says, that's troubling but inconsequential before our current need. And Ten soon feels kind of bad. He's like, I shouldn't have brought out the bands. I shouldn't have let – I've been around human polit- – I've been away from human politics for too long. I don't do human very well anymore. No politics in the dog world. Yeah, right. I mean, it seems to me like he, he, based on what he said in Shadows of Self, I feel like he spends a lot of his time alone, yeah. possibly as a dog. So. Yeah, he's a real broody motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? You're not wrong. Uh, and then the governor shows up, and the fact that he's here is, like, Steris is the one, like, she has the plan, she's given most of the orders, but just having him here, like, gives them cachet to make things happen simply by standing near her. He'd probably save thousands of lives. And he says that they've just had a report from operatives in Bilming 
something has happened. Don't just say something. She's like, what, an artillery launch? No, there's a warship coming full speed. And it takes Terrace not very long to realize Wax must have stopped the launch. This is their backup plan. And I can guarantee you, if we blow up that ship, it, it blows the bomb. So, And the governor's like, oh, Dawn shot has failed. Elendel is lost. Steris, on the other hand, has 100% confidence in Wax. She doesn't even know why. And, you know, to, to her, like, plan, prepare for everything mind, it might not even make any sense, really. But she just knows. She's like, Wax is going to get it done. But also, if he doesn't, then they're all dead anyway, effectively. Yeah. So you got to plan for the fact that he's going to. Otherwise, you're all sitting ducks. Well, and the governor's like, hey, we can get away. We just got to get on this train. And she's like, no, 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 no. We keep working. So maybe they could have survived if they got on the last train out. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If you lost the whole town, then uh, you know, how much point is there? Yeah. You know, yeah. it'd be a real wild turn in this book if they got on the train and then it was like that movie Bullet Train. And uh, <laughs> what the- and the suit, the, like the suitcase in question was the bomb and they were trying to stop the bomb. And then that'd be, Zod uh, that'd shows be up good. at the end. Yeah, sure. Kneel before Zod, of course. Yeah. I haven't seen that uh, movie. It's really fun. And ridiculous and, like, you know, super violent and everything, but really fun. Yeah, that's that's basically my impression from the trailers. I do want to say it. And so she's just like, no, my husband is going to stop that ship. And the governor's like, how do you know? And she's like, uh, it's something she can't plan for. I struggled to learn that. But uh, no matter what happens, Waxillium Ladrian will get wherever he needs to be somehow. Which is a fun place to end the chapter, considering that in the end of the previous chapter was like, how the hell am I going to get there? Yeah. We cut to Marisai briefly here. Four. Is this this? Uh, yeah, 68 is the shortest chapter of the ones that we read this time. So they she they pop out of a, of a metal hatch in the ground and she shows them like this is the observation room where they would bring them to see the world destroyed outside. So she shows them that it's fake and then opens another door and it's like, here's the outside world. You can see that everything is fine now. And Maris has like, you know, I'm sorry about and Arnold interrupts like, have you appreciated it? Have you used these seven years, like appreciated them? I spent them wishing I could have even one more day of my old life back. Tell me that you've lived those years of freedom, which that's a hell of a thing. And that leaves Marisai being like, I mean, have I? And she's she's considering like, you know, she spent this time with Alec. She's considering what she's accomplished in her job versus like the ghost bloods. And if they provided the information they had, then they could have maybe saved these people years ago. Like she, she's having all sorts of conflicting ideas and emotions here. And then looking out, there's a giant flash from on top of the Shaw and the lights up there go out in an explosion, which I don't know. Uh, at that point, did y'all figure out when he looked at the dead bodies that he was going to try to take a spike or like, what did you think the explosion was at the top of this building? I had no clue. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And we cut to Wellid. Which uh, I, I looked up while we were talking, and they definitely say it's another Dan Wells, you know, reference here. So, yeah, as soon as I saw it, I'm just like, oh man, they're really just—he's going back to that well. <laughs> yep. So did not even realize that was a pun until I said it. <laughs> My bad. That's why you've got me, dear. There you go. She has to point out your jokes to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining that it's like, yo, remember when that one time you were really funny? And he's like, no. She's like, oh, that's right. You didn't realize you were saying a joke. <laughs> <laughs> this Wellid, uh, or this Dan Wells cameo, though, he's not the brightest 
guy around. He volunteered for this mission of sailing the ship to Elendel because he thought it was the safest place to be. He's like, you know, uh, this, this super powerful warship, the, the, the most indestructible ship ever built. He's like, yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to go fight Ellen, Ellendel, but it'll be way better than having that crazy lawman around. And it, it definitely feels like the other people on the ship we talked to know the situation. So when they asked for volunteers, I, I guess he just wasn't paying that much attention to what he was volunteering for. That was in the John when we were talking oh. about the mission briefing. Yeah, exactly. And so he undoes his lantern because he thinks he hears something. And a woman named Gabria shows up. She's like, what the hell are you doing? Didn't you hear the order? Once we're in the bay, we run dark. He's like, well, I'm on watch. Aren't I supposed to watch for things? Although apparently opening your lantern in the mist doesn't help you see anything. It just creates like a bubble of refracted light around you. And so uh, she's she's like, don't open your lantern unless you absolutely have to. Didn't you listen to the briefing? And he's like, yeah. I mean, his mind did tend to wander. And why are you wearing a life jacket? Well, I want to be safe. And he goes, hey, what are you going to do with your reward? And she's just like, what? You know, the great reward we were promised for this mission. I, yeah, I think you misunderstood, dude. She's she's like, what do you think we're doing? She's like, we're going to deliver a bomb, right? We drop it off and we get out of there. <laughs> it's like we're all going oh, on the great what? journey. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. She's like, yeah, get out of there. That That's right. And she says, keep your lantern shielded. Fetch me if you hear something suspicious, but credibly suspicious, not just your imagination, which is the worst thing to say, because then he hears a noise and he's like, oh, I mean, I'm sure that was nothing. People hear stuff in the mist sometimes. It's just, you know, it's just what happens. And he sees a, a hand reach up and grab the railing, followed by a vaguely human shape with tentacles behind it. As Jamie said, the deepness has appeared. <laughs> I will admit I had a similar thought. It's like, oh, my God. It's the tentacle monster. <laughs> it's, it's finally Seven happened. Seven books too late, but he's here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he, he eventually does undo his lantern, and he sees a guy. Tall, with prominent sideburns, a mist coat, and also he's got a, a, a spike hammered just straight through the clothes. Couldn't even take the time to, like, open up his shirt and vest. Just jam that right in there. Yeah, I was in a hurry. And he's like, oh, crap, Dawnshot is here. And the, the lady spins around and sees him once again opening that he's opened his uh, his lantern. And she's like, dude, why are you? Oh, crap. And here comes Wayne, which. So when I first read it, if I remember correctly, I did figure out that he was going to try to like use Durlumen to shoot out there or something. Or at least I had the thought that he would. But in my mind, I was like, it's going to be such an iffy proposition to get that far. There's no way he brings Wayne. Wax is going out there on his own, and he's going to die on that ship stopping this bomb. And so when Wayne also clambers up, I was like, totally taken aback. And uh, yeah, then that's that's when they see the spike uh, in protruding from his lower chest. That that can't feel great. And Telson Probably cut back to fine t- if you put it in the right spot. Yeah, that's a good point. That that is kind of what they say, or at least yeah, he, he says it would hurt a lot if we put it in the wrong spot. So mm-hmm. who knows what it feels like. I feel like we have Marsh on record saying that like the spikes in his uh, in his head hurt all the time, but I may be remembering that wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of Wolverine from X Men. I mean, he's got that many spikes in him, poor Marsh. I it wouldn't be shocked if he hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he can't lie down. Ugh. I mean, he'd have to sleep on his side. 
those those in the in the picture on the coin it really came across to me so i was like those spikes really stick a long way out the back of his head that can't be fun you can't even like rest your head against a wall or something i wonder it's like would he even need to sleep or is he just like presumably he's got like the wakefulness thing going on oh yeah maybe yeah. if that if that was like uh we know the the inquisitors used to sleep a lot like more than normal people but uh maybe that was i mean that was before they captured all the terrorists and murdered them to get more spikes mm. so who knows yeah yeah i feel like it would suck never sleeping like i would yeah it's just too much time to fill i'm like i want to sleep is it like a i i want to sleep for the restfulness but i would like the extra time that is true. Yeah, he's um, <laughs> they're talking to him and he just goes, "Wow, so you just don't sleep?" It's like, "No, I store my wakefulness and then I just um, you know, I use it as I need to." He's like, "Wow, just so you can get more done." It's like, "No, I just can't lie down." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so yeah, you stay awake just because you don't want to lie? Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, that might be nice to be able to store wakefulness just so that like. You know, when I on days that I'm like, man, I can't fall asleep. It's like, well, if I'm storing my wakefulness, it'll make me drowsy. And so I might be able to fall asleep. Yeah. And then like yeah. on days when I'm like, man, I wish I could stay up and not be tired. You just store some wakefulness or just use some wakefulness. I wonder yep. if sleep when you're storing wakefulness is like less restful than normal sleep. Hmm. I don't know. We cut back to Telson, who's groggily waking up like what the what happened? Like my connection to autonomy should have prevented me from blacking out. And she asks Autonomy what's happening, and a distant voice says, you are failing me. And there's a, a woman, one of the engineers, I assume, who she's like, hey, what happened? And the woman's like, they took spikes from the bodies. One of them granted Duralumin, and Telson's like, no, crap. And Autonomy tells her, your failure begins. You are not worthy. The fire inside Telson died. The power that had for so many months warmed her was leaching away. Her skin began to turn gray, which that's okay. That's unpleasant terrifying and uh she's like no they can't stop the bomb there's no way if they try to interfere it'll blow them up anyway maybe both cities honestly if they get like right in the middle and autonomy says we shall see and telson's like there's no way he made it to that ship right like even if he could have jumped that far which is nearly impossible he can't possibly have aimed that well at night in the mist the ship's supposed to be running dark out there you're telling me dawn shot can't aim (laughs) that's a good point that's like the thing that he's known for is his aim mm, his aim <laughs> and so then we cut back to wax who's just proven her wrong uh she continues to underestimate him at every step and wayne pulls out some bullets and uses steel to kill some dudes with them he's like is it always that easy for you oh my gosh like that r- almost ruins your reputation mate <laughs> uh, he's as they're having to shoot and kill some people on this boat He's thinking, man, I hope this whole spiking thing wasn't too blasphemous. And Harmony's like, no, no, not blasphemous, more uh, industrious recycling. And Wax is like, OK, good to know. But Harmony is still blinded. He can only see what Wax can see. So he doesn't know where the bomb is. They have to ask Welled, like, where's the bomb? And he's like, the, the payload in the munitions hold. You just follow the, the painted red lines. But you, you can't go inside. It's too fragile. It might explode. So only experts are allowed to touch it. You might blow up the whole ship. And Wayne's like, okay, then I suggest you be somewhere not on the ship. And the guy has like this moment of panic and then just jumps into the water and starts swimming. <laughs> Wayne's, Wayne's like, damn, I meant for him to find a lifeboat or something. <laughs> he was wearing a life jacket though, so yeah. maybe he's lucky. Like it. <laughs> it's true. 
Yeah, and his uh, his friend reprimanded him for that, or I guess not his friend, but his crewmate. Yeah. Like, why are you wearing a life vest? Yeah, let's see who's all laughing now when they all have to jump overboard. <laughs> no life jackets. Exactly. One of the epilogues will be Wellard just finally swimming to shore in Ellendale. That's funny. I was not involved in whatever just happened out there, I promise. Right. Um, I, I do like that Wax's next line is like, the people on the ship are going to be zealots considering they're on a suicide mission. Clearly that guy was not a zealot, but Wax, there's no way for Wax to know that he was just an idiot. This guy is a master of strategy. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they have to kill some more guys, as you might expect. But the inside of the ship is all metal, so Axe can just push around how he wants. And he, he, he like, Wayne lands maladroitly on a steel push. And he's like, okay, that part's harder than it looks. But you sure you got my spike in the right spot, mate? And he says that he studied the Lord Mistborn's book, so I'm pretty sure I got it right. If I would placed it wrong, you'd be in an extreme amount of pain. Yeah, well, did the Lord Mistborn's book, was it all in street slang? Because if so. <laughs> <laughs> or High Imperial. Yep. And then uh, they get into the munitions dump room because the guard outside had the key to the door. So they just had to kill the guard and get the key. And Wax is like, somebody really needs to tell them that that's a bad approach to this. And they find three barrels rigged up to like a box on the wall with wires. And so... Now that Harmony can see it, he can evaluate what this is. So they've got basically three bombs, and if you mess with one of them, the signal goes through and the other two go off. Or if you try to cut them off from the box on the wall, that box is sending a signal every 20 seconds or whatever. And was it 20 seconds? However often it is. And if that signal stops, the bombs go off. So there's no way to disarm them fast enough to prevent or disarm one fast enough to prevent the other two from going off. And as if to add on to that, this isn't a, like, blow it up in the middle of the ocean and, uh, you know, away from the cities to keep everyone safe sort of thing necessarily. Because Harmony's like, I don't think that they have any idea the destructive capability of the amount of metal that they are using. This could be so powerful that it might set the atmosphere on fire when it goes off. So this might be, like, a planet-destroying bomb. I don't, I don't know why you would use that much uh, instead of, like, the minimum amount necessary to blow up the city. And it, it's it's not good because even God is like, we can't let this explode, but I can't see a way to disarm it. Great. OK. <laughs> and it's like, OK, I guess we got to take this since they both have spikes now. I should mention that Wayne is also getting to hear harmony for the first time. And he's like, oh, hey, this is weird. Talking to God. All right. And so they decide the only safe thing to do is to get this as far from civilization as possible. And I guess hope that when it goes off, the, it doesn't set the planet on fire. And the old. The chap- the old bat Dark Knight Rises routine, eh? Yep, exactly. The chapter ends with Wayne being like, so, guess we're going to steal a ship? That's new. <laughs> <laughs> and our final chapter for today is Steris again. Still handling the evacuation, but now that they know what's happening, she's like, we need to evacuate the areas closest to the harbor first, not just because potential explosion would take them out first, but also because if there's an explosion out at sea, there could be like a tidal wave that would do serious damage to the people in the area of the harbor. And so as she's like directing people, you go do this, you go do that. Some people show up and they're like, Hey, we were told that you could use our help. And before uh, she says, Oh, the governor's sent you. And they're like, actually, but before they can answer, there's a whole new set of instructions. She has to give out construction workers, do this dock workers, do that train conductors, do this other thing. 
And so, yeah, not only did she have an evacuation plan for the city, but she had a plan in case of flood or a blast or whatever. Uh, so that's allowing her to, you know, put that plan into motion to evacuate this part of the city. And the governor's like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like, how have you not shared this? I didn't feel the need to share it because we had a system of government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this should be the kind of stuff you guys were doing. Yeah. She says that she's noted the structures that she thinks are strong enough to withstand a blast or flood. So we can put people on into those buildings and they should be safe or safer. And she's like, uh, you know, mostly I made these plans for my own amusement or my anxiety. <laughs> and uh, he's like, what a waste. I thought your evacuation plan was exhaustive, but this is even more like you have this for every disaster. And she's like, well, I mean, only fires and earthquakes, hurricanes, sudden invasion, dust storm, droughts, food shortages and mass pipe breakings. There's seven more that I want to get to. <laughs> haven't yet covered that I can for the rise of the mole people, but we're getting there. <laughs> I mean, that might fall under the sudden invasions heading. Uh, that's true. She, knowing her, she's got like, you know, sudden invasions and then like different plans, depending on where this invasion comes from. Wait, did she, co did she cover like diseases and, and epidemics? No, that doesn't seem to be in here. Lee. She says there's seven more she wants to get to, so that may be one of those. Yeah. And he's just like, your talents have been previously wasted. And that's when she's like, what, what's this feeling I'm feeling? Feel, being appreciated? Wow, this is weird. This is great. I like this. Was this what it felt like to be proud of who you were instead of worried that you were embarrassing those around you? Miraculous. Which it's 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 super sweet that she has this moment where she feels so good. And then it's also super sad that that's the, that's the takeaway. Like, I'm not embarrassing everyone around me. Oh, my gosh. You poor, yeah. poor child. Yeah. Uh, and then she uh, she wants to sink the ships in the harbor. And they're like, wait, what? Why? And she tries to explain. It's like, basically, it would act like a speed bump and slow down like a tsunami. Theoretically, anyway. It's like, that bit, I'm just like, I don't know if that's true. But then she mentions if they're on the surface, they'll get swept into the city and then collide with people. And like, all right, that yep. makes sense. That's absolutely, yeah, exactly. If that's the only benefit is they don't get, like, smashed into buildings, then you're still ahead. And they're like, okay, but I mean, it'll take hours to like sink those ships. And that's when one of the guys who was sent and has not gotten a chance to reveal their whole deal is like, we can help with that. I mean, is is it legal though? And the governor's like, yeah, yeah, I, I provide the authority. If it turns out we overreacted, then the city will pay. Yeah. And Steris goes, Varlance, that sounded positively heroic. He's like, really? Heroic? Oh my gosh. Okay. He also is like, what is this feeling? Is this feeling good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah these two are a better fit to, to to lead than we thought and so yeah these these guys just take off into the air and she's like oh man more alamancers this will be helpful and she sees that the last remaining one has a red tattoo on his the back of his hand and that guy says your sister sends her regards and he takes off and she's thinking like none of this is going to matter if the bomb reaches the city and the chapter ends with her thinking you'd better be on that ship wax and that is the end of our section. So very dramatic and uh, and uh, some some interesting action and stuff in this section. Let's do predicaments. We are about to finish the numbered chapters, at least, uh, before we head into the epilogues. So we are very, very near the end of you know, at least the main story of this book. We're 87 percent of the way overall through the book. But we got four chapters left. 
and then a series of epilogues. What do you guys think is going to happen? Ooh, four chapters. Four chapters. Okay, so I think we're going to see Kelsia reunite with or unite with Wax and Wayne on the ship. Uh-huh. I think he's going to intercept them because he was coming back from the south, wasn't he? Yeah, he was flying through the air. Yeah, so I feel like they might intercept each other, if, especially if Wax and Wayne are trying to steal the boat. And look, I don't know how realistic it is, but I'm hoping that the three of them and Harmony on their side, they might be able to disarm the bomb and it's all good. That's the ending I want. I want them to, to survive. I don't – yeah, I don't know. The, uh, yeah, I don't think – I think from last predictions – I don't think we're going to see Troll and Autonomy again. I think that's done for this book. I don't see the bands coming back into play in this book. I think that's an epilogue thing. I think we're really now at the point of you've got you've got three sets of main characters that have to wrap up what they're doing and they're not together. So you'd sort of think they'd wrap it up and somehow reunite with each other in four chapters. So they've really only got, I think, a chapter each to do their thing. Mm. whatever they've got to do and, and come back so yeah i think i think we're going to disarm the bomb i think we're going to be okay and that's my prediction <laughs> okay that's her prediction and she's sticking to it i'm sticking to it also at- wax is still a misborn he just doesn't know it yet <laughs> you're like i'm holding on harmony to that. hasn't outright told him but he's still got some vials left so maybe yep. yeah he still maybe something else them. will still happen he still hasn't used it I'd like to <laughs> imagine Harmony sitting there going, I don't know why this didn't work. I don't know how you couldn't. Oh, damn it. I forgot to put the Duralumin in the vials. <laughs> Man, no. you got to spike yourself. <laughs> the only he, way. <laughs> he, he, he forgot to write on the one with the red cork, drink this one first. <laughs> yeah, he, I told you to put first on that one, not last. Oh, Not last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the map at the beginning of the book, trying to determine, like, if if you're sailing – like an airship's coming from the south, would you run into them? And it's it's kind of hard to say. If you look at the the map of the basin, like Bilming and Ellendale are almost at the same. Like uh, I forget which one is latitude and longitude. I always mess that up. But like they're almost at the same level, like north south wise. It's mm. from sailing from Bilming to Ellendale, you're going like almost directly east. So. And also, also that they're both kind of like in the center of the basin overall. So if you're coming from the south, you're going to pass over half the basin before you get to either of them. But the south in the map is so large that without knowing like from where in the south southern continent or whatever Kelsier's coming from, it's impossible to say like whether he would cross paths with them because there's bits of that southern continent that go almost as far north as the basin and way to the west so if he was coming from over mm. there he'd pass like right over them so yeah basically who knows impossible to say but i like that that harmony idea could that say go there maybe except that harmony apparently is blind he's like i can only see what you see wax so mm. yeah i don't know of course Kelsier's also pierced know. pierced by metal so uh he can probably talk directly to Kelsier if he needs to sure Mm, that would be cool. All right. Um, hmm. What do I think is going to happen? Uh, I, I don't think my predictions have changed much from the previous section, except that we know, obviously, that the actual bomb is not on the top of the building, so they're not going to be able to 
there's no real there wasn't much of a confrontation with Telson as we read, so that that kind of went out the window. But I you know, I, I would say that the bomb is obviously the biggest threat on the boat. I don't think the people on the boat, I don't know that there's gonna be another secret like bad guy on the boat that's gonna be strong mm-hmm. enough to really oppose them. And so my guess is that the the wrap up here with that section is going to be Dark Knight Rise esque, like one of you know Wax Buddy, you got kids. I'm gonna take this boat out, and you're gonna go back home, and you're gonna live, and I'm gonna do this, and this is gonna help. Kind of you you know you told me I'm the good guy. Well, here it is. I'm gonna be the good guy, uh, and save everybody, and uh, you know you're gonna live. That's that would be my guess for that that kind of wrap up. As far as reuniting, I don't know all of our all of our players in different locations. I mean, technically, you could say Wax is headed toward Ellendale, so he could possibly get back there fairly quickly if he's leaving the boat at some point, unless uh, they get far enough out into the water to get farther away from Ellendale. But you know, Marisai is all the way back in Bilming. I, my assumption is that she's going to meet back up with Moonlight to, to get her back on the right track, you know, so that she's not in the Lantrian anymore, because that would be weird if she's just running around as an Elantrian for forever. I like Jamie's idea that maybe Kelsier shows up on the boat. If Kelsier showed up at all, I mean, that'd be nice. I, I'm kind of almost thinking he might not, because we've gotten so much crossover in this book that I feel like maybe... Kelsier's physical presence is going to be held for some time in the future, and we're not going to actually get to see him in the flesh this book. But maybe I'm wrong. But that's that's just my guess. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know ex- exactly how it's going to wrap up, obviously. But those would be my my best guesses based on everything that's going on now. I almost feel like the conflict with Marisai is over. So like, I want her to play a more active role in the ending of the book, but I don't know what she would be doing from Bilming unless like she somehow confronts Telson. Uh, yeah. You know, but it doesn't seem like Telson's in the best place anyway. So I don't really know what, yeah, she, what her part in it going forward is. She it already would be did real her hard part. for her to get to the boat at this point. So yeah, she did already do her part though. She, she stopped the army. Yeah. She stopped the army. That was that was a big thing. So she she did her half. I, now I'm picturing her like showing up to arrest Telson, and Telson's just like lying there, completely weak, unable to do anything. And she's like, "Oh, all right then." Although it might be hard for Marisai to get to the top of that building, given all the dead people that you would have to go through. Yeah, I mean she's got an army of door enhanced Alamancers with her, so. Mm. Yeah. I mean, because I'm guessing they sapped it all up, but they may not have used it all. At the right. End. They might so still have some of that power. Who yeah. knows? Who knows if you can hold on to it or if you have to, like, use it as you're – we don't know. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I – it feels like Marisai should be able to be involved in the big finale. But at the same time, like you said, she had her mission and she's accomplished her mission. Honestly, she's done more than Wax ever probably thought she could because not only did she stop this army – almost single-handedly, but she rescued those women that they've been looking for for years at this point. So really, she's coming up real well from this. Yeah, she's the real hero. Her and Steris, they're the real heroes. <laughs> Sister squad, go. Yeah, no, I, I'm with Jamie, actually. I think Wax and Wayne are going to drive this boat on out, out into the water and... um. Yeah, if God can't figure out who uh, how to disarm this bomb, then maybe uh, 
God's old buddy will be able to figure it out. So he's going to drop on the boat and try and do this whole, yes, I am the hero. I'm going to say this. And Wax is like, mate, where, where have you been? <laughs> I, th- I think an encounter between Wax and Kelsia would be fun. But yeah, I think it's it's going to take them all. Like, I just, The thing that I just sort of thought of was the lock in Entron's office that you needed to be able to push and pull to activate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I don't think that's around at any point, but I think that that device is like Wax is going to remember that device and realize, oh, between us, with all the powers that now between Spikes and the Mistborn here, we can do we can do what we need to do to sort out this bomb and like that sort of lock would be what gives him the idea, I guess. Yeah, I yeah I think Steris and I, th- I think we'll before the end of the book we'll see a chapter from Steris's perspective when it's just become apparent that the wave isn't like maybe the wave isn't coming or something or she sees she she gets some visual cues like nah they did it maybe she sees a mushroom cloud on the horizon Mar- and yeah I think Marisai we might not see her again till the epilogues and yeah I feel like it's gonna be she's gonna have a chat with Kelsia who's gonna be like trying to undo Shy's thing so she goes back to being moonlight and uh they offer her a job and maybe she goes off into the co- into the cosmere with them but yeah i'm that's about all i've got i'm really not sure i'm just happy to you know let this one ride out okay okay that's uh yeah no i don't i don't even know what to what to add to that you've uh we we are about to just ride this to the end so it's almost like okay let's see what happens i mean you yep. know, there's possibilities like you said like i i also like jamie's idea that kelsey is going to drop in just because like everyone pretty much has said it, it would be a disappointment if all we got from kelsey was the the floaty head bit the floaty head telephone call and we didn't actually get to see him so i just feel like too if he dropped in on the boat and then was able to help it's not like he was in front of all the people you know, he hasn't returned as the miraculous survivor that saved the day. It's like he went where he was needed. It happened. Done. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that would be appropriate for yeah. a, a very unkelsia, but would be appropriate. You know, staying in the shadows. I think that would work. I think, too, they, they kind of lent hard on the, the it's 20 seconds, a pulse every 20 seconds to mm-hmm. communicate between the bombs. I was like, well, if you had three people, surely you could just coordinate to disarm the bomb within like you know when that 20 second pulse went or something like yeah there's got to be a way there'd have to be a way this is a good point i don't think that we've established even how like the whole thing was like you might stop one of them but you, the other two would go off well do we even know how you would stop one of them like is that mm. uh is, is, is that an option somehow so yeah i we've we've got uh we've got four chapters left to find out it, it, it'll be in the final epilogue actually is uh yeah, epilogue seven is when the bomb is finally diffused or explodes or whatever it does. <laughs> we have to that'd get to be, the epilogues. That'd be bizarre, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I guess let us, uh, while we're on the subject, for next time, we are going to read the final four numbered chapters, 71 through 74, and then epilogue one. And uh, we're dipping into the epilogues because of these last four chapters, three of them are quite short. Uh, so mm. I was I was like, we're going to have to move into something else like uh, one of them. Uh, I think it's 72 is the shortest in the book and may. In fact, I'm going to go back and look, maybe the shortest that we've ever read. And I have to scroll back and see because I'm, I'm always curious about when this comes up. Yeah, it's it's shorter than the Dramanad system essay that we read. Uh, OK, there's one day. Day five in Emperor's soul is shorter than this. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yes, anyway, so four chapters plus one epilogue. And uh, that will make we've got two episodes left. The last episode will be of this book will be episodes or epilogues two through seven. Uh, And both of these sections are a little bit smaller than what we've read on average this book. Uh, just because I got to the end and I was like, this section's too long for one episode, but uh, so we'll have to try to divide it up as evenly as possible, basically. So, uh, yeah, two more episodes of uh, of this book for everyone. And in, in the next one, we're going to get basically to the end of the, the primary story with the numbered chapters. So we are right there. And then we're going to move into White Sand. Somebody asked in the Discord, like, so we're you're definitely doing White Sand next? And I'm like, yes, th- that is in fact what we're uh, – the, the plan for what's next. I mean, I can't, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, who knows what could happen in the next two weeks that will completely derail us. I think it's unlikely, but, uh, that is the plan. We're going to move into white sand after, uh, these next two episodes. So if you don't have the graphic novels, which is probably a, uh, a common occurrence, then, you know, you can sign up for Brandon's newsletter and get the prose version for free. And the story is extremely similar. There's not that many differences between the prose and the graphic novel, except that the graphic novel gets through uh, the story faster because there's you, you can't really uh, have as much prose and description and stuff in a graphic novel format. So if you want to follow along with that and you the comics are too expensive, too unavailable, then that is the way to go. We do not. Let me double check. I believe we have no new emails since yesterday. We have... No new patrons since yesterday. We have no new reviews since yesterday. So nothing uh, nothing else to go through here at the end. If you'd like to send us an email, the address is thesandralanch at gmail.com. It will be uh, uh, a couple weeks before we record our next episode. So, you know, if it takes you a little longer than you think to hear your email, that is why. Because I'm going to be in Paris, so we're taking a little bit of a break. Because it turns out that it's, you know, the time we would normally record is like 2 a.m. in Paris. So, that, uh, yeah, that wasn't uh, that didn't seem like the best way to go. Music by Miracle of Sound. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Patreon, where I'm doing sections of Tress of the Emerald Sea. My reaction to those, as well as by now, there should be a couple of unboxing videos up there. So if you want to check that stuff out, you can sign up for our Patreon. There are many levels. Uh, whatever your comfort level is hell if you want to you know, if, if you want to you want to pledge for a month and see the stuff and then uh draw back out i'm not going to complain at you really it's it, as we've talked about before we put the patreon up because people kept asking you know is there a way we can support the show so it's like okay i'll i'll come up with a way so that's four chapters and an epilogue for next time if you were following along thank you everyone for listening thank you people participating in the discord chatting there to our patrons to everyone out there who listens to and supports the show in any way, we appreciate you all. Wasn't to the time of next. Cola? Anyway, uh, this is Data, and with me is we didn't do an order. Shit. Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just do Dak. Uh, 
Yeah, we'll do Dak went first last time. We'll do what you want to do Jamie oh, yeah. Joe Dak? Sure, do that. Jamie. Joe. And Dak. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. Yeah, when you were doing your description, I, I thought I was like, oh, we didn't do an order. But I was like, well, I don't yeah. want to interrupt him though. He's on <laughs> roll here. It's fine. It, it'll be totally seamless. Or I'll leave it in and it'll be funny. The magic I, of editing. Yeah. I think that's the one thing, the one recurring thing that the audience doesn't know about because it has never been in an episode where it's like, hey, we need what order are we going in? So if I left that in, it might not make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>